0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that when Samson grows up, he goes to the city of Timnah and falls in love with a Philistine woman. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 14 on Simply the Bible.
0: We read in Proverbs 16.32, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Samson was a mighty warrior. He had superhuman strength. When it came to taking on the Philistines, it was no sweat. But Samson struggled within. He could not rule his own spirit. This would become Samson's downfall, and it manifested itself early in his career. Now, if we are honest, we must admit that we each have strengths and weaknesses. I have been a pastor for 40 years, and I haven't met a perfect person yet, myself included. I've met many who think they are perfect, and they are the most imperfect of all. But they don't see it. That's the problem with a person's weakness. Often it is a blind spot, and because it is a blind spot, it is the place where the person will likely stumble. As our story progresses, we will see that Samson could wipe out Philistines by the hundreds, but he couldn't rule his own spirit. Samson is an example of what one person can do in the strength of the Lord. But he is also an example of how easily someone can fall who doesn't walk closely with the Lord. We continue today in Judges chapter 14. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. At the outset, we see Samson's weakness revealed. Samson lived in the territory of Dan, but on the border of the land of the Philistines. He went to Timnah, which would have been an exciting place to visit. It was like going to Las Vegas. In fact, they had a saying back then, what happens in Timnah stays in Timnah. Well, not really. But there was much in the Philistine city to tantalize the flesh, especially The Philistine women. Samson saw a woman there and it was love at first sight. Or was it lust? True, the Philistines weren't on the list of the seven nations of Canaan that the Lord prohibited the sons of Israel to take as wives, but you can't say that Samson was interested in her because of her faith or even her intellect. He was a Nazarite and consecrated to the Lord. And she was an idolatrous Philistine who is probably a good looker. But if ever there was a case of two being unequally yoked, this was it. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me for she pleases me well. This is the grief of every parent who sees their son or daughter falling for someone who has bad news written all over them. Samson's parents had faith in Yahweh. They had named their boy Samson, which means like the sun. They hoped he would be a light during these dark days of Israel. Instead, he was hanging out with the Philistines. No doubt they feared that all the faith and righteousness they instilled in him was falling by the wayside. Samson's reply to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me, would have only confirmed his dad's worst fears. There was no deliberation as to whether this was God's will. Samson wanted her. End of story. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Now, this is the greatest paradox to me in the story. How could this arrangement between Samson and the girl from Timnah be of the Lord? Did God approve of this marriage? Certainly not. How can I be sure? because God never contradicts His word. God's concern for His people always was and always will be that they be set apart to Him to bring forth godly offspring in marriage. A marriage to an unbelieving and idolatrous spouse would only lead to idolatry in the marriage and confusion for the children. When a person forsakes his covenant with God to marry a foreign wife who worships a foreign god, The Lord views this as spiritual adultery. So if that is true, then how could this decision be of the Lord? The author tells us that God was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. He would even use Samson's bad decision to accomplish his will. That is how God works. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, and who have been called according to his purpose. That doesn't say that God calls all things good. The Bible reports the deeds of people without necessarily giving a commentary on whether they are good or evil. But when a person is called and chosen by God, then God will work in every circumstance to accomplish his good purpose. And in this case, God set apart Samson to begin to deliver the children of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. And that was exactly what God was doing. He was using this as an occasion to fulfill his purpose through Samson. So Samson went down to Timnah "...with his father and mother, and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done." Now Samson and his parents went to Timnah to arrange for the marriage. Evidently, they were separated, but we don't know how or why. Perhaps Samson couldn't wait to see his gal, so he went ahead of his parents. Or maybe he sent them on ahead, knowing that it would take them longer to get there. Whatever the reason, Samson was going to Timnah, and a young lion came roaring against him. Just then, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. The text says that he did this as one would tear apart a young goat. I don't know. I've never done that before. Now, I believe there is a picture in this. Do you remember when Cain was angry with his brother Abel because God looked with favor upon Abel's offering, but not upon Cain's offering? God said to Cain, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. The idea was that sin was lying at Cain's door ready to pounce on him and devour him like a lion, but he must rule over it. Now, fast forward to the first epistle of Peter, 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here's Samson and a roaring lion comes against him to pounce on him and devour him. And what happens? The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him to rule over that lion and tear him in two. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think God was giving Samson a picture of how he needed to rule over sin. Not the sin that the Philistines were committing, but his own sin within. Samson needed to rule over his spirit as he ruled over that lion, and the Spirit of the Lord would help him do it. The same is true with us. We each have a lion within, the devil in the form of sin, crouching at our doors ready to have us for lunch. But we must rule over it. And the only way we can rule over it is by the Holy Spirit of God. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. I get angry when I see the devil ripping people off, and he uses our own flesh against us. But of course, we don't realize that the devil is involved. In one sense, if we felt the hot breath of a roaring lion, Satan would be much easier to discern. Instead, we feel a certain way and accept our feelings as gospel truth, not realizing that it is our flesh deceiving us, that is, our sinful nature, and unaware that we are being manipulated by Satan. Therefore, we don't rule over our own spirit, but we let our flesh have its way and we cater to its lusts. She pleases me well, Samson said. Now replace the word she with whatever is the object of your affection or attraction. We think that that thing will please us well, but it is only a craving of our flesh. So what is the solution? We must walk in the spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another. And that's the reason we struggle to do the good we know we ought to do. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson so that he ripped the lion in two. If only Samson would have applied that same power to the lion within. He experienced the spirit of the Lord coming upon him to kill things. If only Samson learned to walk in the spirit as an abiding presence and power to rule over his spirit, then the historical record of Samson would have been quite different. Then he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. Did Samson see that this was yet another roaring lion? Obviously not. As Samson talked with the girl from Timnah, she pleased him well, and he was hooked. Samson would be renowned for his superhuman strength, but when it came to bridling his own inner passion, he was a 90-pound weakling. And yet, even in this, God was working in Samson's life and through Samson to deal with the Philistines. That is the amazing sovereignty of God. Our sinful actions cannot bind his hands from working for our good. That is also the amazing power of his grace, for God does not use perfect instruments or else he would have no one to work with. Rather, he uses flawed vessels, cracked pots, if you will, who are simply available to him. As wise King Solomon said, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. Rather, God gives grace to whom he will, when he will, and how he will. And that grace is not a license to indulge our flesh, but it is the power to rule the spirit well. It is the power to please God rather than pleasing self. And the Bible says that the person who does this is better than one who takes a city. May God help us to be such mighty men and women of valor.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through to bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Samson poses a riddle to the Philistine men attending his wedding and his wife reveals the secret. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible.